Joey Brenner after our first week with football back it was a long roughly six months without it and I'm excited for another hopefully long six months with it we had some college football games kick off most notably in Ireland we had Nebraska and getting back to their old ways against Northwestern and we'll get to that but to start out today Just a few injuries I wanted to touch on. To begin, we will start with Terod Taylor, who in a playoff, or uh, sorry, preseason exhibition for the New York football giants, was hit pretty hard, thrown on the ground on his back against the Jets, and it appears that he may have suffered a fracture in his rib and or possibly the transverse part of his spine, so... That's just the part of his spine that connects with the rib. There, uh, he has had injuries in that area before. He was famously injured when he was with the Chargers by a team doctor who tried to give him a shot and ended up puncturing one of his lungs, and that was ended up being Justin Herbert's first start. So he has had some tough injury luck over the years. He may not, depending on how serious this is, he may be cut. And I saw somewhere that a team that, we, you know, we talked about how the Steelers were in such a good position, maybe not a great position, having three quarterbacks that are all serviceable, but would they be willing to maybe trade Mitch Trubisky right away? Just let Kenny Pickett take over. Mason Rudolph is comfortable there. I don't know if he's comfortable there, but has been the backup there for a long time. Why not just let Mitch Trubisky go for a decent pick, you know, an extra draft pick? Because if it's Kenny Pickett's team, you might as well get rid of Mitch now. He's not going to be um, a guy you want to be there as the backup and still have to keep Mason around. So unless you're planning on getting rid of Mason, he might be a valuable trade piece, especially to a team that just does not have a backup quarterback like potentially the Giants right now. So that injury, you know, it's something that we've talked about that it's really just something you can, it's going to be pain management after a while. They could do the flak jacket. Uh, the ribs themselves are going to be about four to six weeks if it, if it is that articular process where the ribs kind of meet with the spine back there. That might require surgery and that would be a little bit more obviously a little bit longer with he would have to have the surgery and then it would probably be another six to eight weeks after that so Terod could be out for most likely the first month of the season and potentially longer now the other injury that I want to talk about just real quick or not real quick a little bit more extensively is this Liz Frank injury it's the one that we've seen Chet Holmgren just had it we also had Zach Wilson, and we saw Derek Stingley Jr. All these things that you don't really hear about the list, Frank, all that often, and it's just becoming pretty common amongst some of these athletes. So 
It is named after a French surgeon, Jacques Lisfranc de Saint-Martin, who served in the Napoleonic Army in the 1800s and saw the midfoot injury in a lot of the cavalry soldiers. So, there it is in the midfoot is in the arch. If you look at the bones of the foot, there are the metatarsals and then there are the tarsals themselves. It's similar to the hand where you have the metacarpals and carpals. The metacarpals are the ones in your wrist. They're going to be similar in the foot are the metatarsals. And they're just uh, a lot of smaller bones that kind of create a lot of joints uh, inside the arch of that foot. And then the metatarsals are going to be the long toe-like projections. You can feel those in your foot that don't quite become the toes yet. So they're not the phalanges, but they're just in your foot. There's going to be five of those running away from your heel towards in between the toe and the midfoot. So there's a lot of little bones and joints that kind of hold everything together in there. And the two ways that are most commonly happening to, to cause a Lisfranc injury are both in plantar flexion. So that's when you're pushing down, you're on your tiptoes kind of. And so let's say you're an offensive lineman and or you're running and your weight is on the ball of your foot, you're flexed down, you're on your toes kind of on the ball of your foot and then someone falls on your heel. That is going to cause a lot of pressure on those little joints and can usually, that is the, the contact version of the Lisfranc injury. The other way that it is ca often caused is the non-contact version and then this is the, the Luke, or not the, the Chet Holmgren version of this injury where he was backing up guarding LeBron and you can see his right foot. Now you're going to, before he actually injures it, there is a position where it looks like he's backing up and he kind of rolls on the outside of his foot and that's just off balance. It's natural. That likely did not have anything to do with the actual injury. If you pull up the Chet Holmgren video where he does get injured, it's right where he, it's the, the one where he plants his foot backing up and tries to take his stand against LeBron, who's, who's uh, charging into him. And that is where he overexerts and over, overextends that foot, puts too much pressure on those joints in there. And that's likely where the injury was sustained. Now that he is out, you know, the season's not for another couple of months at least, and he has already been listed out for the entire year. Why is that? Well, this is not a small surgery. Most likely what will happen for him and potentially Zach Wilson as well is the way they heal these things, if, they, if it's a big enough injury, which I assume, you know, they're both out for the year, Derek Stingley was, a lot of the times they'll put a plate or something in the foot to kind of across the metatarsals to stabilize that joint and then go in and do some of the extra ligamental repair as well. So the most commonly injured Lisfranc ligament is from the most 
medial or inside of the foot and most distal, so towards the end of the foot, metacarpal, and that's called the medial cuneiform, and then that has a ligament that extends to the second metatarsal, or the second tarsal, sorry. So that's gonna be the one in the toe-like projection. It's still in the foot, not the one by your big toe, but just one to the outside, that second toe. That's the most common injury. So there'll likely be some ligamental repair there, try to tighten that up. And then as well as maybe a brace, uh, some metal brace and support in the form of a screw or a plate. Um, and then a lot of these injuries, you know, guys don't come back as explosive. Now it is his right foot and he's super tall in the case of Chet. So it's not going, it might not affect his jumping ability too much he, you know he doesn't have to jump a whole lot to be as competitively tall to be able to reach certain places and he is right-handed so he most likely uses his left foot as the jumping foot a quick side on that is if you've ever seen LeBron's left foot and leg compared to his right foot and leg the guy has molded his left foot just because that is his planting leg as well. It's so much stronger and more defined as well as his foot is almost the shape of a shoe, a basketball shoe. The toes are all kind of blunted and pulled back and the padding underneath his left foot is very, very thick and strong just from, he's just created his body into a basketball machine. So that's just another thing. But uh, Chet will be going through that uh, recovery process for a while. And that's also associated with a lot of arthritis down the road. He will probably deal with pain in that area for the rest of his life. And even after, he, he he's going to have to go. So he's going to have the surgery, likely something uh some hardware put in his foot then he'll have to stay off of it for probably six to eight weeks and then he can begin to rehab and that process usually takes six months to a year so for both zach wilson and chet holmgren as well as what we saw with Derek stingley those are going to be issues the pain will most likely subsist and then even at some point uh depending on how well the uh, procedure this time does he could also a lot of people older people who have injuries in this area just have midfoot fusion so they just carve out the joint in there and let those little bones fuse together now obviously that would take away a lot of not a lot of mobility and not a lot of it would take away a lot of pain it wouldn't take away a lot of mobility because it's such a small joint but it is an option that he may have to go th through uh, depending on how arthritic this could get later in life. So that is just the list frank injury for anybody who uh, needs more clarification on that. Hopefully we don't see too many more of those because they are very devastating. But it just seemed that, oh, Matt Corral was, no, it wasn't Zach Will. I was talking about the wrong guy. Matt Corral had it and Chet Holmgren. So my bad on the Zach Wilson one. I forgot. Yeah, he has the knee problems. It was... Matt Corral had the list, Frank, and now Chet Holmgren 
both those guys are going to be out for the year. So, as far as the injuries are concerned, that's where we will be stopping today. We also have our injured and recovered. Injured is Notre Dame. I just checked the line today, and they are 17-point underdogs to Ohio State next week. Uh, I kind of like those, but at the same at those you know that number but at the same point uh, I, I still think I would not feel super comfortable at 28 points so not looking forward to that Vegas is usually pretty good and 17 points is a lot and it's it's only gone up I think it opened at 14 and you know 15 last week and getting closer to the game we're at 17 so not a reassuring feeling to start off the college football season for Notre Dame. And it is crazy. You know, I've been talking about this with my dad. This is the number five team in the country playing the number two team. And there, you know, it's three voting slots different, and it's a 17 point game. Now, number six is Texas AM, number four is Clemson. I don't think Ohio State gets that many points against either one of them. But. It's still kind of bewildering that, you know, the fifth best team in the country gets 17 points against who is right now number two. Recovered Hawaii. Last time I checked, they were little on their way to becoming Little League World Series champions, and it seems as if that is the case right now. Uh, congratulations to them. They're up 12-1 to 1 on Kirikau. I think I said that right. Uh, that's pretty cool. USA all the way. And uh, they're wearing those ugly West uniforms uh, coming out of that region. The, the powder blue and yellow. So uh, maybe this year with a win, they can have some pull over what colors the, the West region gets to wear going forward. Injured Scott Frost. We talked about, we alluded to it a little bit, but uh, after being up two possessions, Late in the game, Scott Frost tried an onside kick that ended up causing, well, not causing directly, but it led to what would end up being their seventh consecutive single-digit loss in as many games played. So he most likely will make it until the middle of this year when his buyout drops to half of what it would be. And then he will most likely be checking out another school or looking for another job. Now, one thing, another thing my dad and I were talking about today was coaches who are, co or, yeah, coaching at their alma mater where they played. I believe the Big Ten has three with Pat Fitzgerald, his opponent in last week's game, and Jim Harbaugh, while also having the only other one I can think of off the top of my head is I think Mario Cristobal from... Miami played at Miami. Now, we have other coaches like um, I think Fickle, I think he might have been a wrestler, but Morgan Mark, or Marcus Freeman was he played at Ohio State, but he's not coaching there. So there are other coach players former players coaching, but I don't think any of them are playing or coaching where they played. Uh, Tommy Reese is the offensive coordinator at Notre Dame, and he was a quarterback there about a decade ago. 
but I don't believe there are any other big-time Power 5 coaches that played where they are currently coaching. Recovered, Albert Pujols has, I think, seven more home runs to go to get to 700, and he'd be one of, I think, four or five guys that have ever done that. So that would be uh, – I'm not a fan of his. He's uh, – I respect him. He's always, you know, been consistent and good – but he ruined the Tigers, you know, a lot. And he's my dad's a Brewers fan, so we have seen a lot of his greatness when we weren't expecting or wanting it. But uh, always cool to see history be made. Injured me, I got, I fell for, I got a Twitter alert for a trade between the Heat, Nets, and Jazz that would have sent Bam Adebayo to the Nets, Ben Simmons to the Jazz, and Donovan Mitchell to the Heat, and I got excited. You know, I love Bam. Uh, I, I immediately took it as fact because I got a notification. I thought there's no way Twitter would notify me about, you know, a fake tweet or a fake news, and they did. So I learned my lesson, but I immediately sent out some texts to some friends saying the Heat got Donovan Mitchell. You know, I didn't know really how to feel about it, but I was just telling myself to be excited, and it ended up not being true. So now I get to reassess my feelings on Bam Adebayo for a little bit while longer. Um, I wouldn't be super upset if they traded him, but uh, especially for a player like Donovan Mitchell, that would add a lot to the Heat. And he, you know, I like Dwayne Wade, and they have a similar playing style. Recovered Justin Fields. He had his probably best showing as a Chicago Bear in the first half against the Browns the other day. He threw three touchdown passes, and that might be – yeah, I think that's the best because usually he's wildly under duress, and he did look good. I mean, he throws a strong football. He is a big, strong kid back there. I can say that because I'm older than him, which is weird, but – uh, I don't. I don't think he'll have any immediate success anywhere soon. Maybe he can survive long enough for them to get some weapons and an offensive line around him. And if he can out, if he can make his career last longer than Aaron Rodgers, then maybe the division will open up for him someday. Injured the Lakers. They, in an interesting move, they traded Russell Westbrook for Patrick Beverly. That seems like getting rid of you know Russell Westbrook and getting back a slightly less athletic maybe more athletic but less talented Russell Westbrook back uh, I love I love the fact that Patrick Beverly was once like the player of the year in California and averaged like 35 in high school you know he's never been known in the NBA for his offensive prowess but that that always makes me chuckle thinking about his style I think it's a lateral and maybe a downgrade move for the Lakers, but uh, I think that things have just got so toxic in that relationship with Russ that they had to do something. And that is now, I think Russ was sent to Minnesota. That'll be his fifth team in as many years, I think. Something like the Thunder, the Rockets, the, where are you? Oh, DC was in there, the Lakers, and now, yeah, now the. Timberwolves, I believe that's his career trajectory, and 
You know, I just don't think that he will. He's not a guy who lasts on the bench because he doesn't add the uh, the shooting aspect. The thing, you know, his athleticism is great, but I think he just might not be as athletic. You know, he's just getting up there in age, and he's not aging gracefully as far as NBA standards. And then recovered, even though they're super well. I don't know about superstar, but they're highly touted, high draft pick. Chet Holmgren is out for the year with that dreaded Liss Frank injury. The Thunder are doing the uh, trust the process to the max right now. They already have their big man out with a foot injury, as the Sixers did with Joel Embiid. They are just collecting draft picks left and left and right, and without uh, Chet out there, they can safely tank and not put him under any scrutiny. Quite a move by them setting themselves up for the future and we will see how their uh, future ends up. I'm sure that we're a long, long time away from them actually being good, but uh, they're definitely following the Sixers playbook almost to a T. Now that wrap things up for today. Again, I'm not going to go back and re-scrub it because I said Zach Wilson all day when I met Matt Corral, but I did catch myself, so that is going to be our, uh, we're just going to stick with that. Let's pretend I said Matt Corral all day. See you next week. Go Irish.